1: Hello and welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Sarah Whitmire, WFIU-WTIU News Bureau Chief, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. Today we're going to talk about how women's military roles have changed over time. Last week, U.S. defense officials announced women will now officially be allowed to serve in combat roles. While some say women were already working on the front lines, many female soldiers are nonetheless looking forward to new job opportunities. This week on Noon Edition, we're sitting down with women who served in the military to talk about their experiences. I want to welcome our guests. We have Winnie Wilson. She's an Army veteran and a manager of IUPUI's Office for Veterans and Military Personnel. We also have Hannah Sewell. She's a Navy veteran and an Ivy Tech student, and Denise Brown, a 23-year-old Navy veteran and Monroe County Special Olympics coordinator. We invite you to join the conversation. You can give us a call at eight five five zero eight one one, or the toll-free number is 1-877-285-WFIU. We also have a live chat online. That's at wfiu.org slash noon edition While you're online, feel free to follow us on Twitter at noon Edition. So welcome. I'm hoping we can just start off by just learning a little bit more about each of your backgrounds. So Hannah, do you want to get us going?
2: Certainly. Uh, I am an Ivy Tech student and my Navy career was cut short. I'm actually a military sexual trauma survivor, um, which has been a big topic in the news lately. Um, We're trying to make changes to that for the better of the upcoming uh, service members. Mm -hmm. And I only served eight months, uh, spent the entire time in Great Lakes, Illinois.
1: Mm. Okay. Denise,
2: how about you? Well, um, as you said, I was in the Navy for
3: 23 years. I retired in 1998. I'm originally from Bloomington. Um, Currently, I'm also employed with Monroe County School Corporation. And um, I was a radio man uh, stationed in uh, San Diego, Hawaii, Pensacola for the biggest part. I also had uh, participated in Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm, and um, on the USS Cape Cod. Wow! And finally,
4: how about you, Winnie? Um, Winnie Wilson. Once again, uh, as you mentioned, I was in the Army for 12 years, uh, mainly reserves, but I did some active duty time as well with the uh, 25th ID out of Hawaii, and I did a tour in Afghanistan from 2004 to 2005. I currently oversee the Office for Veterans and Military Personnel at IUPUI. Uh, very rewarding job. Uh, I recently got out of the military in September of 2012. So um, working for the office really allows me to keep that connection with mm-hmm. the military, which sure. is really important to me.
0: I, I want to just start by thanking all of you for volunteering to serve your country. That's a great thing. And I'm curious, and I'd like to hear from each of you, what drew you toward uh, considering a
2: military career? Um, I I guess military background in my family. My dad and brother are both prior Navy and currently in the Army National Guard in, in Kentucky and uh I also wanted to go in for education purposes to kind of help get a better education mm-hmm. and kind of see the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Well um, being from Bloomington I tried a semester at IU and, and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I was in 74 and and so I decided I wanted to join the Navy and I think sort of like in the background of my head I really knew I was going to eventually end up in the Navy but um, after trying that one semester then um, decided to join. And then after I retired, I finished my college career, yeah. <laughs> graduated in 2002. Good for you. Thank you.
4: Well, I wish I could say that I, I joined for patriot for patriotism, but honestly, I come from a military background as well. As um, far as my family, my dad served in World War II, and my dad's a Vietnam vet. Um, two out of three of my brothers served. Um, and so that that was definitely a driving force. Um, however, uh, my parents didn't let me work growing up, and so I never had a, a real job, even after I went to college. I wanted to, like, work in a marsh. And they were like, no. And so I joined the
1: military. (laughs) And so
4: uh, it it really, it truly was an act of defiance. It turned out to be the best thing for me. (laughs) So they didn't want you to join the military. Not at all. But they were happy after, you know, I succeeded in the military and, you know, so it really instilled uh, discipline and I was a bit of a spoiled brat before, but uh <laughs> having the military is uh or join joining the service and joining the army specifically, um, is your first job. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think that was a good move. <laughs> That'll take the spoiled
0: Brett right out of you. I <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: don't get the impression they tolerate a whole lot of that sort That's of thing. Right. <laughs> it's a yeah. wake-up call. Yeah, yeah. Denise, I want to ask you just because you have 23 years in the mm-hmm. military, what sort of limitations did you face when you first joined?
3: Um, let's
1: see. Um,
3: well, women weren't on ships when I first joined. Um, we were basically shore duty or overseas. My first. Duty station was in Hawaii, um, so that was basically a limitation right there. But then again, I wasn't even really thinking about shipboard duty at that time because there were no women on ships. But um, that that changed in eighty eighty one when they started letting women on uh, the uh, some of the training ships, and then later on on the non combatant ships. When I was pregnant with my son in in seventy nine eighty. Um, They had just changed the rules where we used to not have an option. We had to get out of the Navy if we were pregnant Mm -hmm. or the military. Mm -hmm. But then by that time, I was given an option. I could stay in or I could uh, go ahead and get out, and I decided to stay in. Um, And my husband was military also, um, and they had just put together some maternity uniforms (laughs) but you had to order them you know so Mm -hmm. but now you you don't have you don't even have an option anymore in the military if if a woman is pregnant then they you know don't have the option of getting in or or um or getting out or staying in or getting out um they stay in and Mm -hmm. then throughout the pregnancy and you can buy maternity uniforms off the shelf now (laughs) <laughs> I mean, and, um, but as far as other limitations, um, some of the uh, jobs that we were um, offered af- after boot camp was a little limited, but um, now everything's open, basically.
0: So by if when the jobs are limited, that then translates into limiting your career overall because you don't have the chance to have the same experiences that men have and then that keeps you from gaining in
3: rank, and is that correct? Well, it, it, it could be, um, but they, they promote you based on your job, so mm-hmm. you're in competition with just the people that were in, within your job. I was a radio man, so I just competed with other radio men. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't out, anybody outside. Mm-hmm. Shipboard duty, yeah, would increase your chances of getting a promotion, and when women were allowed on ships, then they were on an equal playing field with the guys, mm-hmm. and 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 it sort of felt a lot better too. Um, and then I don't know for sure how it is in the other services, but going from um, to uh, to get promoted to like E four, E five, E six, you take a test, and basically that's what. What your promotion was based on how well you did the test mm-hmm. later on, as a, uh, E7 e89 it's based on your performance, your duty stations, your awards, things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. wasn't part of the decision to allow women in combat that then they could be eligible for the same promotions. Is that right? No. No, I wouldn't okay. agree
4: with. And it is a little different between branches. Um, in the army, it is uh, performance-based promotions that deal a lot with <clears throat> your time. Excuse me, your time in service. Um, and there's not what. Well, you have to look at the field I was in as well. I was a. Uh, Seventy-five hotel or forty-two alpha, which is a personnel service specialist. So, what dealing, does that
0: mean? I'm sorry.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's <laughs> dealing a lot with logistics and and things like mm-hmm. that, uh, paperwork, secretary, if you will, <laughs> if you, um, but not necessarily a secretary. But you know, taking that role and getting the mission complete. So mm-hmm. there were a lot of women actually in my MOS in my military occupational specialty, um, and. And I, I do believe it was performance-based, but um, the military culture itself—I mean, it was—it's a male-dominated organization and culture. So I think that permeates throughout throughout all branches and across jobs as well. Did you feel limited because you were a female? I—I uh, I think some people do, but me personally, no. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that may have to. My background, once again, um, probably has something to do with that. You know, I come from a family with three brothers. Um, I'm the only girl and the youngest, so I'm a little tough. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I feel like I can compete
3: with any guy.
4: <laughs> but that's just me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically it was the same thing with me. As long as I did my job and and I would do my best then then i felt that i wasn't limited anywhere Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of i I did a lot of firsts you know according to my duty stations and um i mean i just didn't really feel any different you know it was just me doing my job that's what i wanted to do was you know do the best that i could do and so i didn't feel any limitations whatsoever
0: and then Hannah, your story is kind of the worst possible case scenario where you encountered a, kind of the ultimate in discrimination, in a way,
2: in a sense. Uh, I the m- my job in the military. I was actually going to school to be um, an engine mechanic for gas turbine engines on board the new ships being built, and it's because it is engineering, it is even more male dominant so it only one in every 5 women would actually um be offered that that rate or job title um i with my background with my dad doing electrical work it kind of helped helped with the engineering push and um but it was it was it was difficult because you know it didn't matter in my case it didn't matter that I was another sailor or whatever. It just had to do with this happened. You're female. You're saying this happened. And they didn't take it too serious. And like... My so you th-
0: claimed sexual... That you had a sexual assault committed on
2: you. Yes. And they said... They... I mean, the outcome of it all was they kept switching investigators on me. They kept... Uh, they transferred my perpetrator and they promoted him four times and just he got to walk away scotch-free but knowing in the back of his mind and his conscience that it had happened and that guilt feeling and it it's hard I uh, have worked very hard to try to move forward Mm -hmm. and help kind of educate others especially Mm -hmm. young adults on how to handle those situations mm-hmm. as they arise with them or their uh or their friends in the military
0: so did that experience end lead to the ending of your military career then it
2: in a sense did uh it actually injured my lower back um and i was practically forced to discharge mm. and was not allowed to continue through my school or anything and uh It it was hard. It's definitely not an easy situation, but like I said, I've come back from it. And today actually marks uh, four years since it happened. And um, I have participated in a documentary that is is actually up for an Academy Award at the moment. And uh, just trying to get education out there that the military is not a bad thing. And the parents shouldn't stop their children from doing that if they want to, Mm -hmm. just to know how to stand up for what you believe in.
1: I want to ask both of you, how do you think last week's announcement will just change the way the Navy works?
2: Mm. I'll (laughs) let let Denise start that one off. Denise, you do have
3: rank after all. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Women have been on ships for a while. Um and as I said, I participated in Operation Desert Shield Desert Storm in uh nineteen what was it, nineteen ninety? Wow. <laughs> Anyways, uh and, and women are participating now in in, in um uh on on ships. For the Navy itself, it's not. Um, I don't think it's you know a big difference. Women are on submarines now. I never thought that women would be on submarines. I didn't either. That's, that was one of the things that I never thought I would see is is that happening. Why would submarines be different than ships? Because it's so close quarter. Okay. You know, there mm-hmm. there is um, very limited space. Birthing, even with just a, a male crew, they uh, have to share. Racks, what they call hot rack um, and so I don't know how they do it now with women on the submarines, but i I sort of wish I was able to do that. that sounds intriguing, <laughs> but um you know so the the announcement really for the navy is is not doesn't really affect the women because we are on combatant ships now um the only thing I could think of is is that if a woman wants to try to um, um, join um, a special forces team, then mm-hmm. they would have to go through the same training. Mm-hmm. And just like anybody else, if they can't make it, they can't make it. Mm-hmm.
2: Without special treatment.
3: Yeah, without that's special right. treatment. Mm-hmm. And so that's the only difference, I think, in, in the Navy. Mm-hmm.
1: What about in the Army?
4: Well, um, I'm actually happy that, you know, that women will be able to make the same choices as men across the board. Now, whether you want to go into a combat role, I, th- I think you have the right to do so. As, at the same time, I um, when I think about the front line, as people refer to it, I mean, when you're overseas, it's like we're all under fire. I mean, I was getting hit or we were all getting hit by mortars with the men anyways was so, this in Afghanistan in, yeah, in Afghanistan so you know people need to get the idea of this like civil war type frontline charging you know because it's not like that anymore and and we really do serve side by side mm-hmm. um even in combat situations the the branches I mean I was I was over there with Navy Marines mm-hmm. so I mean Air Force yeah, yeah. Air Force yeah. right <laughs> can't forget them uh but yeah, so I, I'm happy about it, um, but I don't think it's going to
1: make a huge change, you know, other than giving the women their right. Mm. Mm-hmm. I do want to remind everybody that you're listening to Noon Edition and you can join the conversation. The number's to call 855 0811, toll free at 1 877 285. WFIU. You can also join our online chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition.
0: I, you know, I'm wondering, I, we, I'm i just going to tell our listeners that the three of you I would describe as very average sized women, you know, not massively muscled or anything like that, but very average size, average build. Did you ever feel at a disadvantage because of your um, Size and strength capacity um, compared to maybe a, a typical man, and that makes an assumption that a typical man is stronger i know right. don't i don't need, i don't need the heartache, but you know what <laughs> i 'm <laughs> saying
4: <laughs> uh, well for me no i, I 'll answer um, mm-hmm. it i think it uh it just challenged me more made mm-hmm. me wanted to push harder uh, I, I did and i 'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I did receive several p t badges or physical training badges so um and, and my job wasn't necessarily you know physical so mm-hmm. um size wasn't really a factor um but it, it really pushed me to to do better and and i didn't feel um outdone by my male counterparts
3: <laughs> that's cool. yeah um well i was in communications and uh don't need to be brawny. Yeah, right. So there are so many
2: jobs within the armed forces. Did yeah. you have a similar experience? Um, no, I've I've always kind of been tomboy and intimidated a lot of guys. Uh-huh. So because of my – I have sports backgrounds and mm-hmm. and always enjoyed competing against guys. It's, mm-hmm. I, I choose male-dominant uh, careers mm-hmm. because of that because I want to show these guys that just because I'm a woman – and my anatomy's different, I can still do the same job as them, and there's a chance that I could do it just as well, if not better, than mm-hmm.
1: them. Mm-hmm. One of the arguments against this has been that women don't have the upper body strength, and if one of their fellow men, women, gets injured, then how are they going to help them?
2: Women rely a lot on their leg strength. Quite honestly, their lower bodies are a lot stronger than their upper bodies, Which, for the Army, I know they do hand-to-hand combat training, and there's been a lot of times where women have taken down men in in those challenges because of their lower body strength. They have the leverage, whereas men rely so much on their upper body, Mm -hmm. and it's... It can go either way, but women tend to have the upper-hand advantage. Well, and it sounds like from just this small
0: gathering we have here that there are so many jobs that really, as you said, aren't dependent upon strength at all. It's really more of a brain power situation than a physical
3: power situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and, uh, whenever I stood watches, eight-hour watches, you know, Need comfortable shoes. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's the way I looked at it because in communications we're twenty four hours a day, and mm-hmm. uh, if you um, you're on your feet for eight hours, so that's that was one of the things that you know we always
1: thought of is is making sure that we had very well-padded floors. So
0: it's stamina as much as anything? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: What do you all think, though? Will this result in a change in the physical requirements? Well, I I know in the
4: Army, we're already trained to to assist in combat situations, so they teach us to do carries and lifts um, Mm -hmm. as part of our basic training. Um, And I, I feel the physical requirements are pretty standard as far as you know um, male versus female and I will say some of the requirements are different men men are required to do more push-ups to max out or run a little faster to max out where I think the requirements for women are a little more lenient which I you know I, I never held myself to the female requirements you know so um, I think if if we do have females going into these roles where physical strength is is necessary, I think there should be um, a bigger
1: emphasis on um, physical training. I agree. Yeah. Do so you think there might be a push to equal them out? Perhaps. I, I, least, I just heard that there had been some discussion about it. Well, I, I think that there's already
3: in, in, in that um, I, it's been a while since I've been in boot camp. That was seventy-five for me, so I don't know how how much it's changed, but um, I know that women are are expected to do more physical fitness training now. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, when I went to boot camp, we were required to wear makeup. <laughs> I mean, even if you never wow. wore makeup, we were required to wear <laughs> wow. makeup. You're so, killing so. Winnie here. She's cracking yeah. yeah. her. Up. <laughs> so, So the thing, the thing is, is that it has changed quite a bit, and so women probably now in Navy boot camp Mm -hmm. really do have to go through more physical fitness training. I know that um, you have. um, I mean, uh, everybody in the Navy has to go through uh, training at least twice a year. I don't know for sure if that's changed or not, but probably even more just you know to keep up the physical fitness requirements um, as far as standard is concerned I think that you know as long as you meet those standards or exceed them mm-hmm. then that's that's how it's going to work I mean it, as long as you know the, there are standards mm-hmm. and like you know some people you know exceed those standards every once in a while I, you know when I went through the you know semi-annual, what we call PRT physical readiness training. Um I would outrun some guy right. but you know, <laughs> that was rare sometimes, you know. But mm-hmm. as long as you meet those requirements, that's you know, that's gonna mm-hmm.
0: It's like any other job that's not military related. Yeah. You know, right.
3: part of the job description is,
0: you know, must be able to lift 50 pounds or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess as long as you can meet those standards, then it should be. OK. And
2: okay. I've actually done some research on uh, like the special operations uh, for the Navy that um, have recent in. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's been in the last year they've opened quite a few of them up to co ed now and there's not much difference in the in the physical fitness um restrictions and the uh amount of push ups and sit ups, pull ups and run times that you have to do as the men. There's not mm-hmm. much of, of a difference. They're trying I I believe with special operations they're trying to push for being on equal playing field as far as physical fitness for those roles Mm -hmm.
1: makes sense we do need to take a quick break here i want to remind you you're listening to noon edition we are talking about women in the military today you can give us a call at 855-0811
5: This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. You can take WFIU with you by downloading our podcasts directly to your PC, Mac, or MP3 player. Programs such as Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, and short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, and Play and Opera Reviews are all available on demand.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to Noon Edition on WFIU, and today we're talking about women in the military. Again, our number is Toll free at 1-877-285-WFIU. Or you can go online and join our live chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. In the studio today, we have Winnie Wilson, who's an Army veteran manager And at IUPUI's Office of Veterans and Military Personnel, Hannah Sewell, she's a Navy veteran and currently a student at Ivy Tech, and Denise Brown, who's a 23-year Navy veteran. So welcome again to all of our guests we 've been talking a lot about physical requirements and
0: and uh, you know, an even even playing field for women in the military and, but I think um, one thing I wanted to talk about before the end of the show was the role of uh, motherhood in the military. I think that with um, when people heard m- most recently about this opportunity for women to be in combat, um, a lot of people think, oh gosh, you know they they flashed to a picture of, of somebody." Who could potentially be pregnant in military in you know imminent danger? Although Winnie certainly you made the point. Anybody who's involved in any mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, military situation is potentially in danger. At any rate, I think it makes people um, particularly uncomfortable the thought of mixing motherhood and um, the military. And I'd, I'd like to get you guys your reactions, what you've seen, what you've experienced. Um, what do you think about that combination? And, and just give us your, Winnie, do you mind starting us on
4: this one? Not at all. Uh, well, well, one thing I, I wanna mention, could, because you said the the idea of a woman, a pregnant woman being in combat, That's that's not likely to happen. Since we, you know, get tested and, you know, we're not supposed to be engaging in sexual activities when you're in a combat situation. Mm -hmm. So that part is unlikely. However, my heart goes out to women who serve and leave children at home. I'll be honest with you. That's why I'm not in the military now. Uh, But my husband, he he is in the military. Uh, I hate to admit, but he's in the Navy. You um. <laughs> <laughs> just had to get that dig in there. But <laughs> <laughs> had that one in. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, uh, after, after I got – I have a, a two-year-old girl. She's gone on three, and I have a 10-month-old ten, a boy. And so uh, after I got pregnant the first time, I said, you know, I'm, I'm finishing out this contract, and I'm done. And that's pretty much how it went because there was no way – I couldn't imagine – Mm-hmm. I can't imagine leaving my kids at home or going without them for a year, and so um, I'm I'm not against it. You know, I just know I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm.
3: So, well, um, like what uh, Winnie said was, is that on a on a ship, if a, if a woman is uh, becomes pregnant, then at a certain point in time, then they're not. Um, going to be on that ship for uh, until they have the baby and, and given them enough time. Um, and then But they will return back to the ship and then they will make deployments. Um, uh, my son was 10 years old when I went to Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Um, Who took care of him while you were gone? Um, my second husband did. And um, and so, and i to tell you that, i mean this may sound bad, but you know sometimes, especially when you have a ten year old sometimes that's a mommy break you, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I it may that. it may sound it may sound you know but uh af, you know you know but uh he dealt with it fine, everybody dealt with it fine and and I had a lot of support mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. friends, family uh helped out with um With this, um, you know, taking care of my son Mm -hmm. during any of my deployments. Was your
0: husband, your second husband, was he also
3: in the military? He was also in the military. Now, did they make
0: any kind of effort to make sure that you both weren't on deployment at the same time?
3: Yeah, they do. Um, They make sure um, for us what they do is. is I'm sorry, were were both of you in the Navy? Yeah, both of us were in the Navy, so we could switch from shore duty Mm -hmm. to sea duty and back and forth. So, like when I was on sea duty, then he was on shore duty,
5: okay. and
3: so we made sure that we weren't deployed at the same time. And um, That worked out really well.
0: I'm going to give you a chance at this, but Winnie, you had a strong reaction to that.
4: Well, yeah, because... <clears throat> With with me me being in the army and my husband in the, being in the navy, there was a chance that and that was the biggest. I, I, I guess if my husband was at home with the kids, I would feel a little better. But knowing that there was a chance that we can both be deployed at the same time, I couldn't risk that. And they pretty much said all we had to do was come up with a family care plan, which is have someone in place. But there was that risk, and so um, I guess that's the the downfall of being in two different branches but i guess if we were in the same we could kind of mm-hmm. yeah work it out.
0: Hannah, did you have any experience with uh motherhood in the military? Anybody you worked with or any thoughts on that yourself?
2: Um i actually have uh, three little girls that are they're that like my daughters that, that live in in my household mm-hmm. at the moment and I, with me trying to go back in the military um, and pursue forward with my career, that, I mean, it's difficult because with the Navy, you have to choose just the same as Army active or reserves Mm -hmm. and trying to see what's going to be best for them and, and make sure that someone's going to be there with them at all times. Mm And, um, and just, you worry about the well of, of the kids at home while you're gone. Uh, I have a best friend that's an MP uh, officer in the Army National Guard, and her and her husband are both Army officers and in different job fields, and I believe she's been deployed twice and he's been deployed once. And every time they have to leave to go to drill or something, their sons look at them and they're like, Are you leaving again? Are you are Mm -hmm. you deploying again? And it's that constant fear that not being able that I guess that abandonment fear Mm -hmm. within the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up. My dad's been in 36 years. He just went on his first deployment. And being being his baby, I even it was even hard for me because Mm -hmm. I'm such a daddy's girl and him being gone for a year was was difficult, but it also allowed me to kind of break away from him even more and show him I could stand on my own two feet, mm-hmm. even after being out of the military and going through something traumatic. And, I mean, it's it's difficult on kids of all ages, mm-hmm. whether young or older. Younger, because they don't really understand, but older, they they understand the risks that are in place mm-hmm. of the what-ifs and everything else all the dangers Mm
3: -hmm.
0: were you discouraged from starting a family
2: no i i wasn't
4: no i wasn't Mm -hmm. discouraged from starting a family but i will say um, at IUPY, we work with not only service members but we work with family members as well so we have dependents of spouses Mm -hmm. and even during my time in the mil in the military what you see is when that service member serves so does the family and Mm -hmm. so it can put a strain on the family Mm -hmm. um on the marriage as well Mm -hmm. when when that one spouse leaves the home for a year or more so um uh, yeah it is a strain but personally i wasn't discouraged from starting a family just because of the time in my life and you know i was i was able to finish out a contract and get Mm -hmm. out Mm -hmm. i I just planned accordingly but um but yeah. How widely
0: available is birth control to military personnel?
2: It's very available. It's almost yeah. encouraged.
3: It is. Yes. It is. It's very inv- uh, available.
1: Yeah. I want to invite our listeners again to join the conversation. 855 811 or toll free at one eight seven seven. 285 WFIU. You can join our live chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition or follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Winnie, you were just talking about some of the people you work with. Mm-hmm. Are you, Do you see any issues that are specific to women, vet, to female veterans when, when they come back? Um, one thing I, I noticed that
4: female veterans are less likely to self-identify. Um, meaning they They won't tell people they're a veteran um mm-hmm. <laughs> because they feel like they don't fit in with the typical male
2: personification uh, yeah, yeah,
4: seriously, mm-hmm. and so uh I'll be honest i i i I didn't identify or self identify I had some issues with that, you know why I, yeah I'm puzzled too, you yeah. know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Even, I can't really explain it. I'm, I'm more comfortable now because I feel like, at IUPY through my students, I've been able to kind of heal and come to terms with. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. See, so from
0: the outside looking in, I just I hear you, that you are a veteran, and I'm like, wow, that person has a whole another dimension to themselves that I don't even know about, and that I think that's so
4: cool. And I'm. Hey, but you know, now that you mentioned that, you know. I think as veterans, sometimes we feel like other people don't really understand
2: mm-hmm. what we what went that experience through. was
4: like. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure right. that's true. And so, how do how do you convey that? Or
2: and it's hard for civilians to understand right. because they've not endured the training that we have and mm-hmm. or seen the things that we have over the course of years of the different wars and mm-hmm. and the different situ- combat situations so they it's harder for them to understand on the home front really on what on what we all really go through mm-hmm. i'm sure that's true and and maybe what you
0: are self-identifying as as a vet veteran
3: i don't even know what that means really yeah not not being that but, yeah. i mean it was part of my life you know and and Whenever I do tell somebody that I'm a retired veteran, they look at me like they're, you know, questioning me, you know, I go, do you want me to pull out my ID card? I can do that, you know, because I do have a retired <laughs> ID card. Um, but for the most part, you know, people right now, you know, go, really? Oh, that's fascinating. Where'd you go? Where, you, know, yeah, were right. you, exactly. you know, were you on a ship? You know, were, you know, you know what countries did you go to? and And so you know they they question- you know they asked me where I've been at first it how was. how does that feel? yeah, oh, it feels good, you know, I mean, you know, when I first moved back to Bloomington, and you know people were saying, "You really retired you well, know, you're very meeting? young
0: looking and so oh, it would thank be, you. <laughs> well yeah. so it would be hard for people to imagine that you could have
3: retired from right already. Mm-hmm. yeah, but you know I still have to work, and so i mean and I, I think not only
4: just being a woman, but I know men who um, have trouble self-identifying as of that. And another piece of that is because sometimes you get this reaction of, oh, you have PTSD or something's wrong, especially if they know you served in combat. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm very fortunate to, especially on a college campus as well, but I'm very fortunate that IUPUI, they create a campus climate that's very uh embracing and aware and you know involved with our student veteran population mm-hmm. and so they are accepting but i think it takes time ta- it takes time and you have to embed that you know in cultures mm-hmm. and but
2: ivy tech bloomington campus is a lot like i e p u i in the mm-hmm. veteran respect sense right um they they've even started i know last semester started offering veteran only classes Mm -hmm. um that veterans teach um i guess so because something that i've noticed at ivy tech is like sometimes you get stuck in classes where they treat you like you're a child and not like you're an adult and especially as a veteran and the things you've already gone through—that's kind of degrading, in, in a sense. So, offering those those veteran-only classes, you're all on one level. Right. You all should all be on the same, I guess, <clears throat> not really maturity level, but mindset of you're here to get an education.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Now let's get down to business, and and it's and Hannah, okay to yeah. have fun. And Hannah, like any time you meet another vet. <laughs> automatic
4: connection, you yes. know, no, no matter what branch you served in, color of your skin, you're a vet, I'm a vet, Yeah, I, I'm comfortable talking to you, I, I'm comfortable sharing my stories with you. Because um, we understand thanks. each other. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and you look civilians and it's like, well,
2: they wouldn't understand, or, or they may think I'm crazy, you know? <laughs> well, and like, I have short hair, so and I have a women veteran tag on my license mm-hmm. plate, and anytime I, if if I get pulled over or anything like that. I've had cops look at me funny because with my short hair, when they're coming up behind me, I look like a guy sitting in uh. the driver's seat, and I've got this woman's veteran tag, and and it confuses them. And, and then they see my license, and they realize, oh, it's it's a woman. And uh-huh. so it's, it, it's different for women in, to, I guess – like like uh when he said self identify when you get out um regardless of the circumstances you get out it's hard and i know like in my case where i only served 8 months a lot of people when they see when they hear that you're a veteran they expect you were in long term or uh-huh. or in a lot of society see veterans as men only and especially dating back to to prior wars. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I guess, harder for women to come to terms with being a veteran after serving because of that.
1: In the military, do you feel like women are treated equally?
2: Yes and no.
0: (laughs) 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 This is when it's said it's not TV. I guess we have some great expressions on our panelists. Shaking your heads. Yeah.
4: As I said, it is very much a male dominant organization. And you can sense that in the culture. Um, And I mean, men make comments that are acceptable in the military that necessarily wouldn't be acceptable in a, a normal workplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
2: they they're just yeah, it it's it's different. It's very male dominant and yeah, it I don't know, it's it's different. I guess because <laughs> in, in in civilian world you're there's there's like this little tiny bit of hope that you can be on that same level and most women tend to be either non-commissioned officers or officers before they actually get respect from a lot of men or they have to be really good at what they're doing before they can get that respect and it's... Do you you feel
0: more powerful as a civilian or in the military, each of you?
4: Winnie? (laughs) I... I don't I, I I reached the ranks of non-commissioned officer in the military, um, and I know I had the ability to, I would have gone much further had I stayed in. Um, so I, I kind of felt I had a pretty good degree of power. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it, it's the word that I'm struggling mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. Um, because now uh, I don't feel powerless, you know. Uh, I I love my job, and I I kind of run my office like uh-huh. the military. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of. I mean, the, and when I say that, I mean the structure. Uh, sure. Because that that's one thing that I did like about the military: this structure, uh-huh. and you know, and I, I did feel um, I, I felt like promotions were fair. I mean, if, if you can perform, then you get you move on to the next rank. Uh, the civilian world is a little different. Uh, things don't happen as fast in the military, you know, you know your mission, you know everything, you need to complete it. And now I'm in a position of power, in quotes, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know what needs to get done, but it takes a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I came into this position like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to create all these programs for vets. And don't get me wrong, we have a lot of great programs at IUPY, and we continue to build on those, but I mean, it just takes a while to get things done and in place. I think that's <laughs> academia. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to agree.
3: When, when I retired, I retired as an E-9, mm-hmm. um, which is the highest enlisted you know um, person can get, except for E-10, which is there's only one in each branch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, when I was in the military, I did have a lot of power. I had a lot of influence on people. I was the mm-hmm. command master chief on my last ship. So when I retired and moved back to Bloomington, I didn't want any power. <laughs> I didn't want it anymore. Right. I was happy not having any. You know, and so now in the positions that I'm in working with Special Olympics as a county coordinator, I have a little bit of power, but I like to sort of uh let other people have it too because <laughs> but it's still weighs on me mm-hmm. uh, in my other when um, my job with Monroe County School Corporations I have no power which is fine by me yeah. but you know it just it's just one of those things I I knew what it was like to to you know be the top person mm-hmm. and after a while you just sort of, you're ready to give it up. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we we, do, we better get to the phone here. We have oh, um, Wendy has been waiting patiently on the line. Wendy, welcome to Noon Edition. Go ahead.
0: Thank you. I want us to. You get the phone. Wendy Are you going to, you're going to want to turn your radio down, Wendy? Oh, okay. I
1: Hi, I'm going to start over because I started prematurely. Yeah. Okay, Wendy, go ahead.
3: First, I want to salute you women for your commitment, bravery, and adaptability in the armed services. I'm so impressed. Um, The closest I've ever been to the military is living in Virginia Beach and Key West, where my dad was stationed in the Navy way back in the 50s. But I'd like to ask you what your biggest sense of accomplishment was during your time in service in terms of yourself and then in terms of the people in the places where you served. And I'd just like to ask also if there are any things that you would have liked to have changed, and if you were able to communicate that at any point, and did you feel heard and like there would be any follow-up?
1: Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. Big questions. The, uh... Go ahead, Wendy, go ahead and get
0: oh. started.
4: Oh, OK. Well, um, thank you for calling in. Uh, let me... I'm trying to digest all the questions. I want to hit on everything she said. As far as the accomplishments, um, I guess it's a, it was more of a personal accomplishment for me. I felt like I, I got to know, you know, who I really was. And like I I was able to challenge myself. And I think it made me a stronger person overall. And I, I take that as a sense of a, an accomplishment. And I did win awards and... You know medals and all the all that good stuff, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think the the appreciation uh, for my freedoms, uh, I, especially after serving overseas, uh, you're, you're pretty much deprived of all your amenities, and, and you realize what's really important to you when you come home. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I, I note those as all accomplishments. As far as change, I don't think the military is really uh, a place to try to make change. And and I don't say that in a negative way, but everything is just so structured. I mean mm-hmm. there there's there's not a a lot of room for innovation, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And that's okay. Um because the structure works and you know the mission gets complete. So uh so no I I can't say that I've really tried to make a, a
3: change
4: in the military.
3: Denise? Um well uh like like um, what Winnie said is, is you know, the the awards and the accolades that you get when, when you're in the military. I, I went through different kinds of trainings, especially, you know, on a ship. There's different um, um, things that you can accomplish when you're on board a ship that you can't uh, on a shore duty. Um, there's a enlisted surface warfare qualification, and uh, that when I... Went through that. That you have to learn every aspect of the ship. And when I qualified for that, then I was really excited and and proud. You know, Um, and that's one of the things that I'm really um, proud of. And then when I retired, I uh, went through a ceremony, gave a speech, things like that. One of the things that I had mentioned was is that. We take a whole bunch of people who are representative of society, and we put them in the military. And everybody's got a different opinion, a different thought, different background. And we throw them all together, and we get the job done. Mm -hmm. We don't have a problem getting the job done. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: And so that right there is one of the good things about the military and you don't want to change that that's right. because that's exactly what we do is, is we get the job done. We may bicker, you know. <laughs> that's
4: right, Denise. You know,
3: we, we may have a hard time, you know, if, if it's in the office or, or anything like that, but, you know, those of us who are in a senior position, we do it quietly and and then when, when we come out of the door, we're together. Yeah. And and so that's one of the things that is really important in the military is, is that we, no matter who we are, we get the
2: job done. All right. And Hannah, we have about
1: 10 seconds here. Oh, yeah. Biggest accomplishment? For
2: me, the biggest accomplishment was probably getting out of the Navy long enough to heal myself and um, be able to move forward and kind of make... Make small changes to some of the imperfections of the military, I guess, um, and kind of make some of the things a little bit better, um, especially on the sexual assault side. Uh, I know Great Lakes, Illinois, has done so much better since
1: I was there. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much to our guests for coming in today. It's been a great show talking about women in the military. And thank you, Mary Catherine. Thanks. Great having thank you here, Sarah. You. Bob, we hope you get better soon. Feel better, Bob. For producers Gretchen Frazee and Julie Rollin, engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Sarah Whitmire. Thanks for listening.
5: Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and The Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org.